You're listening to the Fan Club Podcast, where two polar opposites discover each other's fandoms for the very first time. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Fan Club Podcast. My name is Sarah. This is Matthew. And this is episode 32. Yep. And we are covering episodes 5 and 6 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, this will end Falcon Week, or Falcon Winter Soldier Week. We are thinking about starting a Patreon for some of the more non-canon... More bonus episodes. So we were thinking about maybe covering X-Men, the OG Spider-Man, the not strictly MCU things... And then eventually down the line, maybe covering Fantastic Beasts. We're just playing the bonus ideas, right? Yeah, we we wanted we wanted to see if you guys would be interested in a Patreon. Obviously, no pressure whatsoever. um, But it's just because a lot of these things have a lot of extraneous content that we don't really have um the t- the the room in our lineup and our official lineup to yeah. to do um i feel like we would end up needing you know like a whole like it would it would take a whole like year releasing things weekly to do even just the bonus content yeah because like for x-men alone there's the old x-men with like patrick that has three movies and then there's the james mcavoy that has three movies Plus the three Wolverines, plus the two Deadpools, the five other Spider-Mans. If this is something I'm interested in, obviously, like I said, no pressure whatsoever. Um, if this is something you're like, no, I'm not giving you money, stop. Um, I, I fully respect that. Um, like, obviously, our show would continue to be as free as we could possibly yeah, make it. we're still going to do all the canon stuff every week. It's just the legacy content. We're just trying to gauge... To see if anyone interest. would be interested in hearing our thoughts on the yeah. on the more but, extraneous, yeah. Things. But those wouldn't have a regular upload. We would upload those when we can, yeah, because that will take a lot more time to edit, to watch, yeah, talk and about. like my my hold up with Patreon, and and I guess this is why I want to gauge people's opinions is that. I don't want to just like make it and then it like it like just collect dust and nobody actually like actively supports it. Yeah. Um I I I would love to be able to like, you know, connect with you guys on a more personal level and to be able and to then have we can do polls, we can do I can go into deep dives on more on the lore on different characters. If you guys are at all interested in any of that, let us know. It would uh, maximum be like five dollars a month yeah we would not charge any more than that we're not comfortable charging any more than that if we get enough of an interest we could open it up to doing like um like monthly live streams or you yeah. know things of that nature um because i can do lore videos on there like a quick five minute yeah video that's uh, just the bonus but yeah obviously we're not going to do it if like nobody's interested and nobody cares yeah. Um. And also, I feel like all of the proceeds of that would go right back into the show. Mm-hmm. Would go, you know, to buying new equipment or to funding our Disney Plus account, which is a necessary thing that we need for this. We have to have that. Let us know. I know this is really long winded, but like, yeah. Let us know if you were you guys are at all interested in any of that. If you're not, and you're like, I don't care, like. Let us know that too. Um, 
Yeah. So housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Episodes five and six. Episode five is entitled Truth, mm. which apparently is in reference to a comic book. Isaiah, is it? Yeah, it's red, white, black. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Which Isaiah plays a big part in this episode. episode. It's Falcon's motivation, I feel like, in the yeah. in the end of it. Yeah. Um, I think without Isaiah, I don't think Falcon, sorry, Sam, would have had the same motivations in the end. Um, I think it really pushes him forward and propels him forward to do the things that he does in the finale. But all of this could have been avoided if Falcon did not give up the shield. Oh, for sure. We would not have been introduced to John Walker. The wish Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. I'll never not think that. Yeah. The wish Steve Rogers. So the episode starts with, it basically starts with the last episode left off with the kind of fallout of uh, Walker killing this dude. Yeah. And Walker's like really trying to justify killing this guy. He is on the run. He is running, essentially. But did you catch the music? So, shout out to, like, there's a channel on YouTube called New Rockstars, which I'm sure if, like, you guys follow MCU stuff, you probably know about them. They do Easter egg videos. Um, I tend to watch their videos right before we record just because they're a good refresh. Yeah. Um, And he does pick out some stuff that I didn't notice mm-hmm. um i think it's like worth mentioning he does um me- make notes of um a lot of the music um is uh, reused from civil war mm-hmm. which i think is really interesting um it music is such an underrated part of i guess this isn't cinema but it's still but like it's an underrated part of filmmaking in my personal opinion and People fail to understand how important the score really is. I would never, if you didn't tell me, I would never have noticed that this was a Civil War music. Yeah. But it really harkens back. Now that I know, it really does harken back to the same kind of... Um, vibe. Not vibe. Because it's the same music. So the fi- the music that is used during the fight between Walker, Sam, and Bucky is the same music that is used between Bucky... Steve and Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, during Civil War, and so it's like John Walker's Iron Man in this fight. Ew. Um. <laughs> how dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> Sorry, but am I, what that line is from? I've heard of it. I don't remember from where. It's uh, Deathly House Part One or Part Two, when Harry. That's right. Harry when Harry was talking to Snape. Yeah. Uh, McGonagall. Dare you look him in the eye? man who trusted you and killed him. But where is he supposed to stand? He stood everywhere. I'm sorry, we have, like, extra sillies today, and I don't know why. It's been a long week. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, the music. So, I I think it's supposed to invoke the same feeling that you had during that fight in Civil Mm -hmm. War. Like, hey, next time you watch anything, movie, TV show, whatever it is, pay attention to the score, because it really, it Makes a difference. My favorite score in the Marvel franchise is still the in-game final fight scene. Yeah. When it's just all of the heroes. Well, I love the kind of... I love that it's indicative of the Avengers theme. Mm -hmm. It is the Avengers theme. Yeah, but it's like kind of turned on its head a little bit. It's the continuation of the Avengers theme. So it's the same theme that's been... It's a do-do-do-do. Yeah. It's the same theme, but they continued it... 
because they always stop it when he says Avengers, but the rest of it was Assemble. Yeah. And so... I just... It was... It's still a strange feeling. People talk about... To see that scene. People talk about the music in Harry Potter, Star Wars, Jaws, um, which are all John Williams. Um, Mm -hmm. People talk about the music in all of these major film franchises, and I just don't think the music in the MCU gets enough credit. John Williams didn't do the entirety of Star Wars. No, I know he, he did it. He, I think he did the original three. He did the like. The, Tom Zimmer had a hand in it, but mm-hmm. I think I think John I think Williams, John Williams did the most like famous music. I just, I've never been a huge Star I Wars fan. Don't come for me. I think John Williams did four, five, and six, maybe like solo. The originals. The originals. Yeah. And then the prequels, I think, was him. Hans Zimmer. And Hans Zimmer, I think. Did he do Avatar? I. I don't remember. John Williams has done so much for film scores, and, like, he didn't do... I don't think he had a hand in in The Avengers, but my point in saying that was that I feel like the MCU score, as bombastic as it is, does not get enough credit, in my personal opinion. Like, I hear no one talking about it. Yeah, he did Avatar. That makes sense. Wait, did he? Anyway, we're still talking about this dang fight. Uh, I do really like this fight. It is a long fight, though. It is really cool. Um, I like how Sam uses his wings to kind of, not only as a defensive... But as an attack. But as an attack. Like, he tries to, like, trip John. He tries to, like, he... And he uses his wings, like, really cool in, like, the later Mm -hmm. scenes as well. Um, But but his wings have always been more defensive. Like, to shield. Yeah. But I really, I like it in this fight specifically. And then that moment when he gets his, like, when John Walker rips off his wings. It's just like, ugh, it makes you feel something. Because Falcon just lost a part of Yeah. So, in the comics, I don't remember if I talked about this or not. But, like, in the comics and in the Avengers cartoon TV show on Cartoon Network from 2013 to 2018... Falcon was Iron Man's sidekick. He is more like Iron Man and less Captain America. I've heard some comparisons that people have said to that make that suggest that Sam, especially later, like when he gets mm-hmm. his vibranium outfit and is stuff, more like, is more if Iron Man and Captain America had a baby. Yes, which is a weird thing to say. I'm sorry, but it's the technology of Iron Man, but the spirit and the fighting style of Captain America. But the technology advancements as Iron Man. Yeah. Where I think makes not the perfect person, but the most well-rounded, Well, in my and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I think that Sam really... Sam has the best qualities of both. Yeah, and I think that Sam... Um, I, I thought, I, up until this point in the series, I was kind of like, why is Sam the star of the show here? He's like... But honestly... I was not giving him enough credit. I was not giving him the credit that he deserved. He, especially, we'll get into it in, in episode six when he has that speech in front of the reporters, mm-hmm. that um, he he really represents what Steve represented, represented but in a, in his own way. Yeah, he, he represents what Steve represented in, a, like, a Tony Stark way. Okay, yeah, I see that. For because sure. he, Steve wasn't, 
Steve was too altruistic. He was too, and and Iron Man was almost a little bit more for himself, but a little more a, selfish. I'm talking about later Iron Man and later Steve. Fair. Not so much the beginning ones. Like Steve would not have gone to them and did what Falcon did, but Tony would have. Yeah, but also I think Sam makes an effort to um, take the values that Steve taught him and kind of. Put them, make, make, make it them ben- and make it benefit his own, um, uh, like his own background. Yeah, we'll get into it a little more. I really enjoy that speech. Though. I know we are jumping around a lot, but this is kind of just how we do things. Yeah, uh, if you're new here, I'm sorry. So Sam rips off the shields off of John Walker. No, so they break his arm. No, like with his jetpack, with the power of the jetpack. So, Bucky is holding John Walker to, like, a piece of metal. I don't remember what it is. Some machinery. And Falcon just comes with his jetpack and just breaks John Walker's arm. Back to the new Rockstars episode that I just watched. Um, they made a, He made a comment about how... Um, in Endgame, uh, Steve had his arm kind of held on by the shield. So his arm was broken. And the shield is, like, a part of him. Yeah. And then John Walker breaks his arm to keep the shield. Yeah. And the contrast, I think, is really fascinating to me. Because the shield was a part of Steve, but John Walker was a part of the shield. If that makes sense. Yeah. that That's a perfect way to put it. Like, John Walker needed the shield to be Captain America, while Steve didn't need the shield to be Captain America. We've seen, uh... Steve used so many different shields. But we've also seen Steve fight without the shield. Yeah, we've seen... Time and time again. We've seen Steve fight with that weird-looking shield from the USOs, when he was a USO person. The one with the pointy bottom and the rounded top. It's much more, like, medieval-esque yeah. and less round. And then we've seen him fight with the Wakanda shield. The all-black one with the... The stealth. The stealth sh- the stealth Captain America shield. Mm-hmm. We've seen him fight with so many different shields, so he doesn't need the red, white, blue shield to... And then we go to this meeting where, um, this hearing, I guess, is the, for lack of a better it's word. It's a military hearing. Um, and Walker is stripped of everything, which I'm like, good. He is, He so, killed the man in cold blood. He's stripped of everything and he flips out. Saying that I will always be Captain America. Steve would never. Steve would have taken the, well, that's... first of all, he would never have killed somebody in cold blood, but. Like, that's the thing. Steve did stop being Captain America when he was on the run. But... He wasn't Captain America anymore. My my thing with this, with the reason why I dislike John Walker so much, is because he completely disregards everything that... What the that, shield meant. And what Steve Rogers represented. And what Steve Rogers... The values that Steve Rogers held. Mm-hmm. And what being Captain America meant to him. Yeah. And, like, Steve... Uh, yes, Steve Rogers has his... Uh, this is why I think Steve Rogers is an interesting character, is because he was a flawed human being, but I don't think he... I personally don't think that he did anything for selfish gain. No, he always put other people first. And John Walker does not do that. No. The only person that he would put in front of others was, what, Lamar? Yeah, but even that, like, he's... 
he's always looking to benefit himself. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole reason why he took the super serum. And like I just he got beat down in that episode. Everything that John Walker represents is a slap in the face of Steve Rogers. I think no, John Walker never won a fight. Think about it. When they were on the um trucks, John Walker lost. John Walker lost the fight between Falcon and Bucky. John Walker lost the fight against the Super Soldiers. Super Soldiers. John Walker lost literally every fight. And he still lost with the Super Serum to a person who does not have the Super Serum. It just drives me a little crazy that he is so desperately hanging on to the Captain America title that he doesn't understand Captain America. Like, what it means to be Captain America. And, like, it's very clear that, A, he didn't know Steve Rogers, obviously. Mm -hmm. But also, he didn't understand the weight of being Captain America. And this is why, like, Sam is deserving of the shield. And, I mean, obviously Sam was the one that picked... Or, sorry, Steve was the one who picked Sam. Yeah. But for good reason. Because he knew that he would represent him well. Yeah. Then Falcon had to be a big baby and get rid of the shields. Do you kind of understand no. somewhat? Because that's a that's that's large shoes to fill. But we then we got John Walker. I, I get it. So Falcon's the reason for John Walker. We blame Falcon. Um, And then we meet Valentina DeFontaine. Uh, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I don't really have much to say on her other than... This was the first time she was introduced. So. I Yeah, I know. But, like, there's not much to say about her. We don't really know much about her. Yeah. And it's very clear that they set they were setting settings up. up for... So, in the comic, in one of the arcs... So, then Bucky finds Zemo at the Sokovia Memorial. Or he knows that he would have gone there. Yeah. Which... Um, there's this giant lake in place of where the building, or where, not the building, the, the city the city was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually beautiful. It Maybe this is bad to say, but it kind of reminds me of a little bit of Ground Zero in New York a little bit in terms of like... I mean, that would be Ground Zero for them. Yeah, but it's like, because they made where, where the foundations of the buildings were, mm-hmm. they made like little water fountains, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. No, it makes sense because a national... Uh, national tragedy? Yeah. So, Bucky makes Zemo think, think that he's about to shoot him, but he took out all the bullets. And he dropped all the bullets. Because isn't one of Bucky's rules to do no harm? He doesn't kill anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then the Dora Milaje show up to take Zemo to the raft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say about this scene other than the fact that yeah, it was just them talking. He says, I crossed my name off in your book. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing with Zemo that the MCU sort of messed up on. Zemo, Zemo's dad, was one of the founders of Hydra. If Winter Soldier was made by Hydra, why would he kill a Hydra leader? So Baron Zemo's dad helped create Hydra. Mm-hmm. Zemo's dad also helped create Winter Soldier. Why would they send Winter Soldier after they create one of the creators of Hydra? That's where Zemo, in my opinion, messed up Zemo. Because Zemo it could have been a really, works with Hydra. It could have been a really interesting storyline to explore, but I just genuinely don't think they have enough time. That's really what it comes down to. It would have made more sense. If this was a full 
you know, typical run for a TV show, like 20 episodes or so, no. they would have had enough time. No, what I'm saying is, I think they, I think it Marvel MCU made the mistake of putting Zemo's dad's name in his book. In Bucky's book. Yeah, because Hydra usually doesn't kill its own agent. Let us know if you agree with Matthew or if you have any other points to add to that. I, um, this is not a conversation that I can necessarily have my input on yeah sam goes to see isaiah Mm -hmm. and isaiah basically there's this whole scene where isaiah is talking about his history which i did not know that until i watched uh, a video about it um that the story that isaiah tells about um the the tetanus and all of that stuff i mean that still happens today no, but, like, this was an actual, like, historical thing where yeah. there was a group of um, black people that were, um, and they were tested on to, um, and they were given what they thought were placebos that. Um, or they, they were placebos. Well, yeah, no, but it was, like, they, I think, like it, I think it was, like, to treat, like, to testing, testing treatments for syphilis, I believe. Like, um, I think it was just a bunch of different things. But they just experimented on them until they died, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is so horrific. I mean, yeah. But, like, what, what Isaiah is explaining in this scene is very reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's directly referencing this historical event. Or, no. I, I or if it's a fictionalized version of it. I think it's just a, just a comparison for real world to Marvel. Because they didn't know they were given the super serum. Yeah. And we basically learned that Isaiah was, like, completely tortured. Because, so, he went... So, something similar that happened to Captain America, besides the torture and the imprisonment, um, he got wind that there was a, a lot of captured POWs. Isaiah and Captain America both went to get their, their troops back in their prospective wars. Captain America came back as a hero. Isaiah was tortured. And his wife died when he was in jail. Yeah, for, what, th- 30 years or something? I don't remember the exact numbers, but... And then Walker goes to meet with Lamar's parents. Yeah. Who are very, like, sympathetic and very, like... Besides the sister. The sister... The sister was, like, giving him some evil eyes, which I'm like, good on you. But, like, the parents were like, oh, you did everything you could to save him. Blah, blah, blah. He did not... He ditched Lamar to go chase after someone and not even making sure that Lamar's okay. He did not do anything to help Lamar. He dipped. Yeah, but I think he was, like, feeding Lamar's parents with some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Just, just full-on lies. Sharon, the, we flashed to Sharon, and she's having a conversation on the phone with Bartok, and Bartok starts, like, ranting in French. Somebody had translated this conversation um, the, to English, and... Oh, my last team died or got killed. It kind of vaguely revealed. If you speak French, it vaguely reveals Sharon's identity. No, she could have been working with someone. She could have been, like, the middle person between people. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like, the head of an operation would rarely talk to lower people, right? If there's yeah. always a middle man. I do think that they were setting up this big reveal, but at the same time, like, I don't think it would have been as impactful if they revealed the power broker to be anyone else. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a... I don't, I don't true, think there's multiple. Oh, you, you think there's more to it? I think there's multiple power brokers. Like, there's because the one... People have pointed out that Sharon being revealed as the power broker kind of goes against 
a lot of the characterization that we know of her. But also remember, she didn't get blipped. So she had to create and helping the Avengers in Civil War got her blacklisted from working for the government. She gets pardoned in the end. Yeah, she gets pardoned. But for the last five, eight years since Civil War, she was on the run and went to Madripoor because they don't extradite there. Yeah. So she had to make a name for herself. And I think she just, I think there's multiple power brokers in all honesty. That's fair. Um, Is that, would you consider that a theory? That's just my own theory. I honestly, I think that that could be very plausible. Because there could be a power broker in, so. Different types of power brokers? No, not different types. I'm talking about more. cities? Yeah, kind of like, you know, like in gangs, for example. Yeah, there's like different leaders. There's leaders in each city. And then there's one person that's, like, in charge of yeah. them. I think that might be how it is. That's really interesting. Let us know what you guys think about that. I, I, I that, that thought did not occur to me whatsoever. Because, but it actually makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it. Because there's no way that she's, I mean, I know she is the power broker. I think she is the power broker. That's the thing. She never said it. Unless the power broker is not a person. It's a group. It's an idea. Not an idea, a group. Like a group of people, kind of like... Like the Dora Milaje. Like, they're a group of people, but they are individuals. Yeah, that's why I... Maybe the Power Broker is a group of people. So, um... Because she... Yeah, she never said, I'm the Power Broker. Yeah, she never actually confirmed it. Batroc did. So, Um, but also Batroc is off his rocker half the time. Yeah. So So then we go to a tough love sesh between Bucky and Sam during a classic training montage... And... Or no, don't they fix the bow first? Well, yeah. Yeah, they're fixing both, so we get the montage of Bucky coming back, giving... Bucky's giving him a case of his new sheep... of his new outfit. Well, I also really love that the, um... There's that interaction where Bucky's like, like, I don't really ever think about it because I'm right-handed. Yeah. Bucky and Falcon were both struggling to do something, then Bucky realized and changed his arm, and... Did it instantly. And you see Falcon struggling on getting rid of, like, some wood planks, and Bucky just comes and just lifts it up. Yeah. I like I, their relationship. Their relationship is hilarious. It actually reminds me of, um, like, it reminds me of, like, when you have a relationship with your siblings as adults. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you're, it reminds me of my brother's relationship to each other. Yeah. Because they deeply respect each other. They're not, like best friends by any means but like yeah. they're you know if one needs the other yeah they'll come that's what it that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of, that's how my sister and i are yeah exactly it's like if you if you desperately need something you are family at the end of the day but like you know you don't talk every single day yeah yeah i just i love i love these scenes in film and tv when you have two friends calling each other on their crap and you know i I think it's very representative of, like, true friendship. I am a firm believer in if you love somebody, you call them on their crap. Mm-hmm. And how how else is the person ever going to be better at something if they don't? I, I, I just think that this is so representative of real life. Yeah. Um, I know with my own best friend, like, we have we have these conversations all the time that, like, you know, we call each other on our crap and you know, help each other grow, and, like, that's kind of our job as human beings, is to help each other grow. Um, and then we get a classic training montage. So then Bartok meets up with Carly, and they're trying to stop the GRC vote. So he meets 
He doesn't meet with Carly. He meets with the um, Plug Smashers, like, in yeah. New York. Yeah, they're in New York, which this poses a whole thing. It's like, how the heck were they able to get into the country, knowing that they're... No, but there's Plug Smashers everywhere. Yeah, but, like, they're actual, like, terrorists, for lack of a better Private planes, whatever. And then they go to take over the council meeting to stop the vote. Uh-huh. What are they voting for again? I can't remember. To close borders. Yeah. To... Because, so, while, during the blip, borders were open. Yeah. Or people could go anywhere. No passports. And so... Maybe that's how they were able to get into the country, because the borders were open. Yeah, probably. Uh, that, they, that makes far more sense. Why they were able to easily be able to move around everywhere. And then we get a... We see... Uh, we see Sam opening the, the box that Bucky brought him. We don't actually see the new suit, but we can only assume that it was a new suit. He's, I think he said a new suit. We don't actually see it. It's yeah. it's um We know what's in it because I think Bucky says something along the lines this is from Wakanda. Yeah. Point. Well, and then we we see in the next episode we yeah. get to in a second. Uh episode 6 is entitled One World One People. Mm-hmm. Um and the episode opens with him smashing through a window mm-hmm. of the council building and his new suit is flipping Awesome. I, it's a good mixture between Iron Man's, Falcon's, and Captain America's all in one. He has his own identity, but it's clearly where you can see the ins- inspiration. From both. I don't, however, like that his head is unprotected. That bugs me. I mean, what would a fabric head do anyway? No, but like, I would have preferred him to have some kind of helmet. He flies around. He's gonna fall and hit his head, and he's gonna get hurt. I'm sorry, it's the mom in me. I can't you know, help it. Flies a good cop his hair while flying. Cap has a helmet. Like not in the later. He only has a helmet when he's wearing his like traditional suit. He has a helmet. I'm just saying it, didn't even have a helmet. It bugs his... me that he has his entire body is protected and then his scalp is open. And that just like He was going to attack his scalp. I'm just saying if you wanna kill the guy, like shoot a freaking bullet at his head. Is that his Achilles? He, uh, heel? Yeah, it just bugs me, okay? So it's, it's the Achilles, uh... It's the Achilles scalp. Yeah. Um, so then Carly calls Bucky. hmm Or she calls one of the... her people. And then, it's Bucky on the phone. Yeah, through the app. There's this whole thing throughout this episode that Bucky can understand the Flag Smashers app. I'm like, you are 106, my dude. But... You barely know what a smartphone is. No. Okay, listen. Bucky... <laughs> was also alive a lot more than Cap was. I guess. Bucky had to have a way to communicate with Hydra when he was Winter Soldier. So, I mean, that's the thing. Cap stayed in his old ways, while Buck kind of like, I've talked about this. We've, we've talked about this a number of times. But Bucky moved forward while Cap stayed stagnant. I don't know how I feel about them communicating specifically through this app. It kind of irritates me a little bit. Oh. I feel like it's going to be dated. Wouldn't, Very fast. Wouldn't the governments be able to track the app? Unless it's completely encrypted. You can't have an encrypted app on a phone because the your cellular carrier can still see whatever you download or look at or anything. Kind of like how we have Apple phones. Actually, not. I'm sorry, not carrier, the manufacturer of the phone. Mm-hmm. So Apple can look at our phone. See, this is why I don't understand why people think that things like VPNs and things like that are going to protect them. I'm like, you literally carry a computer in your pocket every single day. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do anything. Like, 
People can see what, what you're doing. So, how a VPN works. But you get what I'm trying yeah, to say. A VPN kind of protects you from other people seeing And this it. is not our ad for NordVPN? No. No. No, but... God, I wish. <laughs> when I worked for Spectrum, I had a lot of people ask me about VPNs. Are you saying that? I'm... I don't work for them anymore. Okay. So it doesn't matter. So, yeah, so Matthew... I'm not going to work... I'm not going to say my new where I work now. Yeah, Matthew used to work for Spectrum Cable as a as a... Installer as an installer, residential and business. So w- Wi-Fi and internet is kind of like his cup, of, his like bread and butter. So how VPN works, dear, is it's a virtual private network where if we were talking on VPN, think of it like a straw where data wouldn't get out. Oh, I know people use VPNs for us to watch Netflix in a different country. <laughs> yeah, just because Netflix does have region locks. People also use VPNs in gaming to get region lock ja- uh, Japanese games. Yeah. Anyway, back to the task at hand. Um, they lock the council people up. People up. They have these little locks. No. So they announce where they're going. Yeah. Group one and two go to the basement. Group three. Why are they announcing this? What? There's terrorists attacking. Why announce it? Yeah, but so unless if it was a flag smasher. Unless yeah, unless it was intentional. But so we see Bartok give them. Grenades, grenades, logs. And they have these little sphere things that are very reminiscent of the things that uh, Green Goblin has. I don't think so. They look like them. I'm not saying that they are them. They just look like I them. don't... Because Oscorp doesn't exist in them. And then the locks that they put on the thing, on the, the armored vehicle mm-hmm. with the people in it, um, look similar to something that I they think. Use. I think they're made by Hydro. That makes sense, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying the, the leap to Oscorp is um, unfounded. Oscorp hasn't been introduced in the MCU yet. No, I get it. I just think it's only natural for us to make no, that I connection. Know. I know. Which is weird that we had a Spider-Man without Oscorp, which is weird. Sharon kills a guy with mercury vapor, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, when that scene played, and I remember your face... You were like, holy crap. Please, Mercury will... Because the flag pressure gets into his car, and the the car like fills up with smoke. She and, throws a grenade at him. Yeah. The car fills up with smoke, and then his like, head blisters up, mm-hmm. and then he dies. And it's so weird. And then you have no idea what happens until she's on the phone, and she's like, yeah, that thing with the, the mercury vapor... Works. Yeah. So who is she talking to? Probably one of her power broker buddies. I think she works. I think the power brokers, this is my own opinion. I'm changing my theory from earlier again. I think power brokers are part of Hydra or they're the new Hydra. No, I think the power brokers, that's the thing. The technology that they're using is similar to something that AIM uses. But Sorry, also, bullet dude? No, I'm talking about more of like MODOK, who hasn't been introduced yet. But we'll see MODOK. In a later movie. We get our new Red Wing. I'm so happy that Red Wing's back. Why do you like Red Wing so much? I love the, um, I love sidekicks. You call Groot a sidekick. I'm ending the podcast now. If you call Groot a sidekick, we will fight. If Groot's a sidekick, so is Rocket. And? How are they a group? A group can't be a sidekick. Love Groot is what I'm saying. But I do love Red Wing. I love, like, the, it, it reminds me of, like, in Disney movies, like the 
like the Pascal or the the what, who's the is it Miko from Pocahontas? Like the the little animal Pegasus. Pegasus. It reminds me of all of like the the little animal sidekicks, Jacques and Gus Gus, Flounder oh. and Sebastian. Sometimes they're voiceless. Like Miko in um who's the hummingbird from Pocahontas? I don't know, I haven't seen Pocahontas in well over like two decades. I think I've only seen it once. Flick? Is it Flick? No, that's the animal from Bugs Life. Bugs Life. I don't know. If you know what the hummingbird from Pocahontas is, let me know. Bugs Life is great movie. I love that they made bloopers at the end of it. Sam saves the guys from the helicopter. So he looks at everyone's face, realizes that one of them uh, knows how to fly multiple helicopters. Yeah. And so he's talking to her and like, hey, when I count down from three, I need you to jump into the cockpit. And he just flies in. And tackles the dude out of the helicopter and just drops him in the water. Which is, like, a pretty cool scene. Carly steals the van with the hostages and lights it on fire. My next note is... We totally forgot about something. What? The episodes 5 instant credit. Oh, it's that Walker's making his own shield. He is making a shield, but do you remember the significance and importance of what he puts in it? He puts his Medal of Honors. So all of his medals that he's gotten... He welded them to the back of the shield. Mm-hmm. To this flimsy, flimsy... It's as if you were going to Comic-Con and dressing up as Captain America. But, like, badly. But, like, look how it folded. It's not steel. It's probably, like, aluminum or tin. So, my next note is literally, Walker shows up, and I literally wrote down, Walker shows up, ugh. Mm-hmm. That's literally how I feel like, about this day. It is changing. His personality. Oh, he's called the U.S. agent now. Oh, yeah. They call him agent at the end of the... It's U.S. agent. Yeah. It's his code name now. I do like this, like, new uniform that he gets, though. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, not trying to be Captain America. He's done being Captain America. Um, Bucky frees the hostages. Well, it, it took a lot of punches to with his vibranium arm to mm-hmm. break it. Which is a testament to how strong these things are. Or could it be vibranium? I guess vibranium and vibranium. Only vibranium can damage vibranium. No, but that's my point. Is it like a a special kind of vibranium? The arm is not. John Walker has his janky cosplay shields. And then Carly is fighting Bucky with a parking meter. Which is so weird to me. Yeah. Like, she's literally, like, beating the crap out of him with a parking meter. Sam saves a truck from falling... Carly. So, Sam tries, or not Sam, oh, John tries to save the truck. He drops his shield, so he realizes that he doesn't need a shield. So he's trying, and it slips, and then we see Falcon. The Black Falcon. The Black Falcon. Or, I'm sorry, the Black Captain America. No, they call him the Black Falcon. And, or Captain Falcon. Um, the Nintendo character. Sharon finds Carly, and we get the reveal that Sharon is the power broker. I say a power broker. Sure. Um... And she hired Bartok to spy on Carly. Mm-hmm. Um, she kills Bartok. To see if Carly still had the super serum, or had any more, because she stole super serums from the power room. Bucky and Walker trap the Flag Smashers, and they get arrested. So, Bucky is tracking the Flag Smashers through the app. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't use the app, kids. Yeah. Don't use technology. Because a 106-year-old will find you. Okay, that sounds bad out of context. I'm glad we say that. Raise it up. It's not. Is that better? 
it's not hard. I feel like their app is like a like a futuristic Life 360. Yeah. If you don't know what Life 360 is, it's like a it's, it's like a family tracking app. Mm-hmm. My mom is like obsessed and addicted to it. I don't know why. She needs to know where all of us are, like even if we're in different states. I I don't get it, but um. She while I worked at Spectrum. It was it was very helpful and handy to know when you were on your way home. But yeah, that app reminds me a lot of like your sixty. If they had NordVPN, no one would have been able to track it. NordVPN sponsor us <laughs> or Atlas VPN or any of those VPNs that all the YouTubers get. Sharon shoots Carly and she dies, mm-hmm. and then we we get this scene with Sam talking to the reporters about the impact of being... Oh, no, to the uh, Congress people. Yeah, to the impact of being the Black Captain America. And I think that this this is such an interesting moral of the show. And I know that there would be... There's going to be some people who roll their eyes at this part of the episode. Um, but he was pretty much saying... Why do you guys get to dictate what happens to other people if they're not living those lives? Yeah. Well, and you could apply this. This is not strictly a race thing. Race thing. You could you could apply this to homelessness. You could apply this to anything. Anything. Mental health struggles. You could apply this to like literally any group of people. That the people that the government the government wants to regulate these things, but because it doesn't affect them. Yes. And I, I just think that the, this is a really interesting and extremely important conversation mm-hmm. that I do think reflects the issues going on in our real world. And like I said, I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes at this um, part of, of Falcon, but uh, but I do think that I, I think that they did it in such a delicate way that Where it it's worked, not it, or was it, it wasn't too preachy yeah. in my personal opinion. Because he was pretty much saying, why do you get to make these choices for other people when you aren't going to be affected by them? Yeah, and I think easily this whole speech could have been extremely preachy. Mm-hmm. And could have been extremely, like, I know for a fact you've talked about, like, the show Supergirl getting way too preachy. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are a lot of shows in that vein that get, like, they try to talk about real world issues and get really weird about it. Like, and I think this show did it in such a delicate manner. They did it in a way that didn't push people away. Yeah, I think if you disagree with what he's saying, you'll just disagree with it and leave it at that. If you yeah. agree with what he's saying... You'll agree and leave it at that. Yeah, it's not... It, it's. I think it's reflective of our world, but not, like... It's not patronizing to the people that he's speaking to or about. Yeah. And maybe I maybe I think that because I agree with him. Um, the Flag Smashers go off in like an armored truck and then get exploded by Zemos's uh, butler. I literally have a note that says "Who's that old guy?" and I did not make the connection that it was butler. <laughs> so those are the last of the super soldiers. So is Zemo working with the power broker? Well, that's the. Because apparently he knows who the power broker so is. So there, there is a slight theory that that Val is a power broker or is the real power broker. No. Uh, but also, isn't Zemo um, a Thunderbolt? Yeah. So I only know this because he's in some of the promo images. Uh, so is Bucky somehow. Um. But so 
it, I think that the connection the with Zemo is through Val. I don't think so. I think she just wants Zemo. Or she he was working with, I think he was working with Val and the Power Broker. Maybe Val wanted John Walker, and so Zemo was helping her get John Walker. Maybe, I don't know. Because he did, it's weird that he smashed all but one super serum. Because he smashed all but one. And Zemo's not the type of person that leaves a task unfinished. I mean, he destroyed the Avengers all because he wanted to kill super soldiers. He literally broke up the Avengers without laying a finger on them. The dude is a genius. He's a puppet master. Yeah, but I don't think he would have left one super serum. Super serum. Well, it kind of harkens back to this conversation we had in um, the last episode about his hatred of the super soldier supremacy aspect of things. Yeah. Um, And I think his... His goal, his selfish goal, was to eradicate the the super soldiers. Yeah. Uh, which is why he smashed all the serum. But he, John Walker still exists. So does uh, Elijah. Bucky. So does Elijah. And Bucky. Yeah. I mean, he can't kill Bucky, but Isaiah. He, yeah, Isaiah. And Elijah. Isaiah. They're very similar names. They're both biblical names with yeah. uh, similar spellings. Um. So, Bucky... Uh, goes to see the father of the guy he killed, the old Asian man, and he basically tells him mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Which is, like, such a heart-wrenching scene, and, like, the dad still has this, like, shrine to his son. I just think it's really sweet, and I think I this scene really breaks my heart that, like, you see in Bucky's eyes that he, like, doesn't want to ruin this relationship with this man, but he knows that, like, tell he has to tell him, but, like... I think he was the last... I think yeah, that he has was, to he has to tell him, but also he doesn't want to he doesn't want to hurt him even more. And he like this guy has been his friend. And then Falcon goes and gets Well first yeah. Bucky leaves his little book for his therapist and everything is crossed off. Yeah. And Which is where we see H Zemo. And a we, few others. We learn that Bucky killed Zemo's dad. Yeah. Which that's why Zemo hates Super soldiers, partially. Yeah. That's the thing. He never hated Captain... He never wanted to kill Captain America, which is the thing. He wanted someone else to do the dirty work. Sam goes to see Isaiah again and brings him and his grandson... To the Smithsonian. ...to see the tribute that they made to Isaiah, which breaks him, which is, like, the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. And considering everything that Isaiah went through... And they talked about how he was a super soldier. Yeah, and he gets this beautiful honor with the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, He's at the same level of Captain America now. Yeah. And the show ends with this sweet little cookout with uh, at the boat mm-hmm. with all of the, the neighbors and Bucky is there. And, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just this really sweet, like, I'm I, sorry, but I love when stuff ends very wholesomely like this. My favorite scene with Bucky, Falcon, in the boat is um, when Bucky is, like, not flirting with Falcon's sister, but kind of flirting with him with her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Not with my sister, dude." And then we get a end credit sequence where Sharon is pardoned and talking to someone, saying, "I got exactly what I wanted. Now we'll have all the government secrets." So I wonder who she's talking to, because she's not talking to Valentina. Yeah, no, and this actually kind of leads into your your theory about that. There's more than just one. 
yeah, there's like a team, and maybe she's talking to like her boss or like another equally yoked. Well, we know technology-wise, it's not Hammer because Hammer products are useless, as we saw with the Winter Soldier or with. Uh, I don't know. Who knows what they they're like now? That is the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, end of Falcon Week. Next week we will be covering Loki. Yes. And not really sure what to expect. I know the problem. I knew very little about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Loki introduces the multiverse. Well, I mean, No Way Home. Inter- well, I guess No No Way Home happened after. Yes. Sorry, because because co- we covered No Way Home prior. It's very confusing. Yeah. So Loki is the start of the, the only thing I know about Loki is. That they're variants and they're some kind of alligator. Because people were memeing the crap out of it. There's an alligator Loki. So there is a Marvel Universe where all the heroes are animals. So like, so like Spider-Man is a pig. So his name is Peter Porker. But we watched the first episode of Loki. We watched the first half. And then I fell asleep. Yes. Because uh, it was very late. Yes. Um. So yeah, I don't really know what to expect further than what I did watch. Um, so yeah, join us next week for Loki week, and it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as this week was. Yeah, the next few weeks will be, or the next few shows will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So yeah, um, join us next week, and we will, uh, talk to you on the flip side. Bye. If you'd like to send us any feedback or messages, you can follow us on Instagram at the fan club underscore podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fan club underscore podcast and chat with us over on reddit.com slash r slash fan club podcast. And don't forget to tune in every Marvel Monday. See you next time. Bye.